Hello, everybody, and welcome to Data Endures October Tech Talk. I am Kirsten Burke, and I am joined by Data Endures Chief Information Security Officer and Chief Technology Officer, Shaheen Peruse. Good morning, Shaheen. Hi, everyone. Hello. Um, well, we are rounding out today uh, the series we've been doing on Data Endures Security for FECTA. Today, we are going to be talking about DNS defense, um, how Data Endure, the Data Endure name for this is V3. But uh, in the last three months, we have uh, covered the three other different aspects of the four FACTA, um, starting with uh, advanced phishing protection. We also spent a, a month talking about endpoint detection and response, and then another one uh, really discussing our security operations center as a service. Um, Jaheen, if you want to give just a couple cliff notes in terms of where we've been and uh, where we're going today, um, that'll lead us off. Yeah, so um, uh, we go to market with this notion of a modern defense in depth approach. Um, Traditional defense in depth has always been this notion of a castle and you protect that castle and everything inside that castle, consider it your crown jewels, are safe as long as the castle's walls are protected and we have defenses around moats, drawbridges, archers, all that. That doesn't apply today because we went from supporting 25% of our workforce being remote to supporting 100% of our workforce being remote uh, thanks to the pandemic we're in. So, Immediately you start thinking about, I have to be able to still protect the crown jewels of the company and I have to be able to do it now, not inside my castle, but in a thousand huts around the world that don't have the protections that we had around our castle. They're made out of straw, they can go down quickly. And so our approach to market has always been this notion of the people in the field should be treated as a first-class citizen, just like the people sitting in the office. And so how do you take that security posture and that defense in depth methodology and mentality and take it out to a highly distributed workforce? Mm -hmm. And that's really where our forfecta comes into play. So uh, our forfecta are the things that uh, Kirsten just talked about, uh, starting with the first layer of defense being the uh, phishing attacks that are coming in to the users. The standard approach in the market is let's get some advanced uh, security awareness training, teach people what to look for and do tests and penalize them by putting them in class if they fail the test and let's make our people our defense. It's a broken model, it works. It's good to teach people in case something gets through. So it's a good thing to have security awareness training, but we believe in prevention as opposed to reaction. And so for our advanced phishing protection, it's about stopping those threats using AI before they even get to the user's mailbox. Don't even have to make them make a decision as to whether this thing is phishing or spoofing or uh, impersonation or whatever. Let's stop those things before they even get to the end user. So that's our first layer of defense. Uh, and we spoke about that in a previous month. Um, the next layer of defense, which we're gonna talk about more today is DNS defense. If that phishing attack succeeds and it's not blocked by the advanced phishing or any other phishing tools you have, um, then don't let the user's click get them to a known bad site. Let's prevent their outbound connections to a 
bad IP address or a bad URL that is known bad in massive threat databases around the world um, from ever happening. Stop that click. And that's where our DNS defense comes in. The And we'll talk more about that. The next layer uh, of defense is the endpoint. If it gets passed through the phishing protections and the DNS protections, now it's on the endpoint. Don't ever let that threat expand beyond that endpoint. So having a solid EDR solution that not only understands file-based attacks, but more importantly, understands behavioral attacks to be able to stop uh, malicious activity based on the MITRE attack matrix. Stop that in its tracks on that endpoint before it starts to spread anywhere else. And finally, the fourth element and the final layer of protection in our four FACTA is our security operations as a service. And the, the notion there is if it gets past all of your defenses, not just the three we described in the four FACTA, you may have a hundred controls that you're protecting your environment with. If it gets past everything, once it gets on the network and malicious activity is happening on the network, you should have a team that is threat hunting 24 by seven, looking for threats and reducing the dwell time in your environment, which is on average about 200 days for most organizations, to minutes instead of months. And that's what we bring to bear in that fourth layer of protection. So protect the end users. All of the defenses I just talked about in the first three layers were let's protect the endpoint, which is our new edge, which is our edge pushed out to people's homes and people's uh, machines when they're in coffee shops or customer sites or whatever when we get back to a normal. But also be able to understand once it gets past those layers of defense, how to protect your core. And that's where the SOC as a service comes in. And uh, today we're going to spend some cycles talking about how that DNS layer, we talked about all, all three of the other pieces of the four factor in, in different uh, tech talks and they're recorded and they're on our website so you can find those. But um, today we're going to spend some time talking about DNS and why DNS is critical in this mix. Fantastic. Well, thanks for that quick review. Um, I know it's valuable for everyone and like you said, especially with our users so dispersed now and when you were just talking about the, the whole castle analogy, um, we need to support and reinforce all the folks that are out there either you know at homes like we are or you know where, wherever people are finding is the the place for them to work these days um we can't leave folks defenseless and so um you know we have really been focusing particularly in the last six months you know what is it that we need to do as the managed security services provider you know what is it that we can do to help the organizations on our service um, feel more confident about their security posture and um, and just knowing going forward, you know, looking into 2021, I think all of us are now looking at a little bit of a new reality that, you know, we need to be ready to be mobile and, you know, are people going to be back at work? Are they not? Are they going to be here? Are they going to be there? I think the answer is yes to everything. And so, you know, being able to be flexible, uh, being able to um, affirm and confirm your security posture on an ongoing basis, depending on what you might need to do. And so um, that's where we are investing a lot of our time uh, as we support clients. And so Shaheen, talk about um, talk about DNS defense. Um, obviously, you know the ability to get on the internet and to get to all the sites we need to, especially with us being remote, we're going probably more places. 
than before, yet we're probably more susceptible than we were before. So talk to us a little bit about why DNS is so important, especially given the climate we're in today. Um, as our listeners mostly know, um, or all know, um, DNS is the lifeblood of the internet. It, it, the internet doesn't exist without it. Mm-hmm. It's uh, we, you know, being creatures of habit, we don't really work off of the notion of IP addresses or not even telephone numbers anymore. I only know, I think, three or four telephone numbers versus when I was a kid when I knew, you know, 14 or 15. Um, but we don't really work that way. We don't work in numbers. We work in names. Names are recognizable. It's easy for us to associate a memory to a name or a context. And, and then so we navigate the Internet based on names. And DNS is that translation between IP address and names that helps us. It's the phone book of the Internet is a way to think about it. And that phone book of the Internet um, is, is twofold. Number one. From a phishing perspective, the hackers are creating um, sites that look a lot like the actual sites, um, but have, you know, one character flaw in it, using a one instead of an L or things like that, that are intended to trick the end users into thinking they're at the right place and they're doing the right things and ultimately capturing their credentials, which then gets them a foothold into the company or leverages their email to spam out to through their network and getting a foothold in one of those companies. But the goal is ultimately to compromise the endpoint, get a bastion host inside a customer's network. And from there, spend six months to a year investigating what that customer has that could benefit them and ultimately going towards some sort of attack, either exfiltration of data and selling that data or ransomware and charging a ransom. And so all of what we're talking about is, you know, it it ultimately started with, in 90% of the cases, a phishing attack that somebody clicked on that went to a bad site. We need to be able to protect those devices no matter where they are, no matter what network they're on, not just on our network. So again, that could be Starbucks, it could be their home network with their kids playing you know, whatever games they're playing and looking at whatever YouTube shows they're doing uh, and downloading whatever whatever it is they download, you still need to be protected and, and support those users. So whether they're running Windows, Mac, Chromebooks, whatever endpoints you decide to give your users, they need to be protected on all those. And ultimately the goal here is, um, from a security perspective, it's all about preventing a connection to a command and control, a C2 callback site. Um, and that that connection, whether it's the click of the initial email or malware got downloaded and then it's trying to connect to the command and control, stopping those connections in their tracks and not letting them happen, not only for things like a known bad site, but a brand new domain that never has been seen before, um, those are things that our DNS Defense Solution offers. It prevents that connection from ever happening and prevents, therefore, the next step in the reconnaissance and infiltration of a customer network. And ultimately, there's much more to our DNS defense than what I just described. That is really the defensive posture. However, it's it's a content management platform in and of its core. So you can block your users from going to um, Uh, adult sites, for example, or different content categories that you don't want them to go to, or you can um, prevent access to uh, uh, 
internet drive solutions. If you don't want them to use Dropbox, for example, you can block that. So it's, it's much more than simply just doing DNS protection. DNS protection is the security posture of the Forfecta, but it's also a content management platform where now traditional content management systems were a proxy that sat in your office. And when you were in your office, you were protected against going to bad sites, but you went home and bypassed that. With our solution, no matter where your users are, they're going to get that same level of policy that you're imposing as a company and uh, protections that you're putting in place as a company, no matter where they are, whether they're at home, Starbucks, or in your office. And so, Shane, talk to us a little bit. Um, we know that folks out there have invested in security tools, right? Mm -hmm. In fact, we know that even smaller organizations out there uh, on average are investing in about 25 security tools in their organization, which is overwhelming very quickly. So folks out there are likely doing something right now. Um, but if I'm sitting here thinking, gosh, okay, I'm not sure if what I've got is doing everything Jean's talking about, or gosh, things are changing so rapidly given technology changes, given what our adversaries are doing and how they're changing, as well as, as you know, just what's happening in, in our in our world. Um, how do I keep up or, or, you know, is this managed service the way for me to um, kind of transition my being a consumer of this to someone who really knows or being a provisioner of this to being more of a consumer where I can just say, hey, you know what, do this for me? Yeah, it's a great question. One of the one of the key things that uh, I, I've been uh, living and breathing for the last two decades at this point is that um, that traditional core versus context messaging, which is if it's not core to my business, then I should really find someone whose business it is core to, to do that work so I can focus on what's core to me and differentiate myself from competitors out there. Where managed services comes into play in security is to the, it's it's particularly challenging in security. Other, or, other parts of the information technology stack are a little more simple. If I'm in the network team, there may be, you know, let's say 10 manufacturers of networking products and I have to figure out which one does what I need and what's the appropriate thing. Um, but, you know, ultimately it's down to two or three players in the networking space and it's it's a lot easier to get talent when it's that way. When you go into the server space, you've got, again, two or three manufacturers, those are the ones you're probably gonna go with when you're picking your technology, unless you're developing white boxes. Um, but ultimately, each of the IT categories is limited in the number of competitive manufacturers that are there. Security is one of those things that, you know, we put a security team together and that security team is usually a fraction of what our IT team is and a tiny fracture in many cases. And that security team is responsible for security of all the different types of technologies, networking, server, endpoint, email, um, DNS, all these layers that we're talking about. So it's the subject matter expertise broadens and they have to understand a greater breadth of capabilities. And to complicate that more, there are over, over 3,000 different security companies. And I think the number is up to about 3,500 at this point that are competing mm -hmm. in you know the 14 different categories that make up information technology. So how do you find the time if your business is selling tickets, uh, StubHub, for example, 
how do you find the time to go and investigate all these things and figure out of those 3,500 technologies, which one do you go and pick as the one? Now you have to, in each category, there may be 20 or 30 products that do the same thing. Now you have to do a shootout with 20 or 30 products. Where managed services comes to bear is that's our core. That's what I spend my cycles on. We have to make the time to do these shootouts and pick the best technologies because ultimately we're putting our name behind the security services we're bringing to market. And so I have to make sure the technologies we select are the technologies that are going to do what it is we say we do. And so the, the short answer to your question is managed services gives you the breadth and depth of expertise and research. Um, think of us as a system integrator for a managed service provider that happens to also be that managed ser service provider. And that system integration is probably one of the key components. Um, most security shops will buy, you know, 10, 20, 30 different products and put those in as controls to protect themselves. But those controls aren't integrated. You've got your SIM, which collects some information from some of those things, not all of them, because it gets expensive when you get charged by the event per second or by the terabytes of data that rolls through the SIM. Then you've got the consoles for each of those tools. So now you've got 20 consoles to go look at when you're investigating. And each of these layers of controls ends up adding complexity and takes away time. And the more time your systems and your tools take away from you, the more time you're giving to the adversaries. Our goal is let's find the adversaries and take time away from them and put it back on your side. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. For sure, for sure. That's a great explanation. Um, uh, if we roll back to DNS defense in particular, um, as we start winding down this talk, what are two or three things that you would recommend uh, someone either inspect to say, hey, am I, am I protected enough? Um, or a conversation maybe that we can have with them to help them evaluate um, where they are in terms of their the security of their DNS and if there's something else maybe they ought to be considering. The um, uh, with with DNS it's difficult. It's until you know you get that malicious software and you click the link to see if it takes you there. You you don't know if your tools are blocking or protecting you. If you've got traditional proxy solutions. Obviously, those aren't very useful right now, given that they're sitting inside the office space mm -hmm. that you're not in anymore. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, they're expensive. They're hard to maintain. You have to do hardware refreshes on them. Whereas this uh, as a service model that we take to market does away with all that pain and concept um, where if somebody's concerned that uh, is are we able to block these things or not? an easy thing we can do is we can implement a POC, a 14-day POC, and run this in, in a handful of your systems and give you visibility into the reports that comes out of it. Mm -hmm. So you can get a quick sense of what would happen if I added this? What's the incremental benefit to us? Mm -hmm. And Similarly, for each of the components of the 4Effecta, EDR is a little different. We can certainly run a POC, but it's sitting there waiting for malicious activity. So it really is hard to show you how effective it is until something bad happens. But uh, for the advanced phishing, we have a email security health check. And that email security health check is going to connect. It's for Office 365 only. 
it is going to connect to your Office 365 APIs um, with, with the credentials that you provide, and it will scan it and find any uh, malicious content in your email that is sitting there right now and sure. potentially causing risk in your environment. It will look for impersonations. It will look for everything. And so we can run that again, a very quick, um, all of our POCs are under 14 days. So very quickly, we can give you a report on the health of your environment. We can look at your DMARC setup and let you know if it's set up right. And then DNS, obviously, we just talked about, we can give you a you know, quick uh, assessment of how you're looking. Uh, we can do that you know, if you're users of VPN in, in today. The simplest way to implement that POC is uh, have uh, the, DN the um, VPN servers give out the uh, uh, DNS addresses for our, our solution, so you wouldn't even have to deploy agents for the POC. And then for our SOC, we have a security health check. And it's been a while since we've talked about our SOC, so I'm going to spend a minute talking about how we're different in that space. We're not just standing up a SIM. We believe that a SIM alone is not enough to protect an environment. So while a SIM is included in our offering, it's included in as a service model. So again, you don't have to invest in tools and technologies that the tools and technologies come with what we do. Um, but in addition to the SIM, our sensors um, are doing packet captures and flow data. And then we run all that data along with the event data through correlation engines and advanced AI uh, and our, and basically we have network threat analysis that we do. We have user behavior and endpoint behavior analysis that we do. We're, um, we're doing vulnerability assessments and correlate that data with everything I just mentioned. Uh, and then on top of all that, we do a red team activity in our customers every month where we run five attacks and make sure your security controls haven't had a configuration drift. So um, ultimately, each of our health checks is designed to give you a flavor, a small sample set of the service. Mm -hmm. But you know, three of the four FECTA have equivalent of a health check, if you will, that we can run for you and give you quick visibility to answer the question, am I protected? Mm -hmm. would, I, would I get any incremental benefit from these solutions? Yeah, that that's fantastic, and I appreciate the description of all of them. Um, and you know, you've said it a couple times. Uh, just to say it once again, um, within this cybersecurity area, it's all about time, mm -hmm. and it's all about the time that you can recapture, both from the time you're spending trying to figure all this out and stay out in front of it from. Uh, taking back the time from any adversary who might be trying to do you harm. And so it's awesome. Um, you know, we've spent a lot of time thinking about these assessments and health checks um, to really help organizations hone in quickly on, you know, what they need and what they don't need and to be able to uh, expose that to them quickly so, so they can then kind of get out in front of it. Um, the other thing, um, Shaheen, maybe you might want to mention as we close out the other time advantage that we try to bring to our customers is our 30-day guarantee. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for um, for our SOC offering specifically, we have a 30-day guarantee to be up and running or the first month is free. Um, the Depending on the size of the company for the endpoint solutions, those can take longer. Advanced phishing falls into that 30-day um, guarantee. Um, again, that's for Office 365 only today. But um, the, for the... Uh, DNS defense and for the um, uh, endpoint EDR solution, 
those can be anywhere between uh, 30 and 60 days of implementation, depending on the size of the company. So that guarantee is 60 days, um, but but ultimately we do put our money where our mouth is and uh, we will have you up and running as quickly as is humanly possible or even better. <laughs> <laughs> well, with that, uh, we will close out. Um, Sheen, as always, thank you for your time. Um, just. The, the perspective that you bring both from the technology and just what's going out there in the real world is so valuable. And I hope the folks on here have learned something. Um, as always, please feel free to reach out to us if there's anything we can do, any further questions we can answer, or if you'd like to take advantage of any of those health checks or assessments that we've discussed.